0: Us at the Off Talk podcast series, where we discuss Parkinson's disease, managing off periods, and the use of on-demand therapies. Each podcast will be a one-on-one discussion with a leading movement disorder specialist. These podcasts will also include important safety information. This podcast, Gastrointestinal Dysfunction and Parkinson's Disease, is intended for U.S. healthcare professionals and is brought to you by Corda Therapeutics Incorporated. I'm Julia Overman and I'm a Medical Science Liaison with the Court of Therapeutics. I'm joined today by Dr. Ron Pfeiffer, Professor of Neurology at Oregon Health Sciences University. Dr. Pfeiffer, thank you for joining us today.
1: Very happy to be here.
0: Dr. Pfeiffer, how common is GI dysfunction in Parkinson's disease?
1: It's generally well known that GI dysfunction is quite common in patients with Parkinson's disease. In fact, studies suggest that more than half of patients with PD eventually experience GI symptoms over the course of their disease. Uh, these symptoms include excess saliva with drooling, uh, also uh, known as sialorrhea, uh, dysphagia or difficulty swallowing, delayed gastric emptying, bowel dysfunction that actually takes two forms, uh, both decreased frequency of bowel movements and difficulty with the act of defecation itself.
0: Well, without prevalence, then this is an important topic to discuss. I appreciate you taking the time to educate us today. I wonder, does the gut play a role in the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease?
1: There is now increasing interest in the role of non-neurological factors in the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease, in particular, the role of the gut microbiota. Studies have shown that GI symptoms, along with gut dysbiosis, precede the onset of PD symptoms in Parkinson's disease by up to 20 years. There's evidence that the gut microbiota is different in Parkinson's disease patients compared with that of healthy controls. With Parkinson's disease patients showing increased pro-inflammatory bacteria and reduced anti-inflammatory bacteria. There is also speculation that alterations in the microbiome may promote a pro-inflammatory environment in the gut, which may then contribute to the development or progression of Parkinson's disease itself. There are similarities between Parkinson's disease and inflammatory bowel diseases. Patients with inflammatory bowel disease, particularly Crohn's disease, are at a higher risk for developing Parkinson's disease compared with non-inflammatory bowel disease individuals. Gene association studies have found a potential genetic link between inflammatory bowel disease and Parkinson's disease. For examples, Mutations in the LRRK2 or lark 2 gene are a common susceptibility factor in both diseases. Recent evidence also suggests that the appendix may play a role in the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease. However, its potential role isn't yet clear because findings have been conflicting. It has also been hypothesized that Parkinson's disease in a mechanism championed by Brock and his colleagues, may be caused by a pathogen or other environmental agent that enters the body and after being swallowed, reaches the gut where it gains access to enteric neurons via a leaky intestinal epithelial barrier. Usually the intestine is impermeable to invading pathogens because the epithelial layer, the external mucus layer and the gut flora together provide a very strong barrier. But in dysbiosis, it may be that pro-inflammatory bacteria trigger inflammation and gut leakage, which then induces elevated cytokine levels, oxidative stress, and permits the entry of bacteria into the enteric nervous system. It's conjectured that this sets up an inflammatory process that results in the formation of abnormal prion-like alpha-synuclein, which then travels via the vagus nerve up to the brainstem where it spreads from there uh, to other areas within the central nervous system. And ultimately, this is what produces the neuronal damage that causes what we recognize as Parkinson's disease. Although there's good evidence suggesting dysbiosis, GI dysfunction, and involvement of the vagus nerve and alpha nuclein in the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease, This so-called gut-to-brain theory has been challenged, and there is also conflicting evidence as to whether they truly present a causal set of circumstances, or rather are simply consequences of Parkinson's disease. There's also evidence that smoking and coffee drinking is associated with a reduced risk for Parkinson's disease, and there is evidence that this may be because they affect the gut microbiome. In both instances, the data suggests that smoking and coffee consumption alter the microbiotic composition toward a less inflammatory state, which thereby reduces the risk of chronic GI inflammation and the enteric nervous system reaction that occurs in the early stages of Parkinson's disease. There is a broad spectrum of GI symptoms that patients with Parkinson's disease may experience. Some of these GI symptoms include sciulleria, dysphagia, gastroparesis, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and bowel dysfunction, which includes delayed colon transit constipation and defecatory dysfunction. GI symptoms can not only impact patient health directly, some of them may also interfere with Parkinson's disease treatment itself.
0: Thank you for that overview. It sounds like GI dysfunction in PD is quite a complex topic and how does GI dysfunction affect treatment of Parkinson's disease?
1: Oral levodopa is absorbed in the proximal small intestine, and so delayed gastric emptying and dysbiosis are likely to interfere with its absorption, increasing variability in response and potentially allowing or resulting in uh, the return of symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Although oral levodopa is the gold standard of treatment for PD, It is associated with motor complications, uh, including off-periods and dyskinesia uh, that occur in more than half of patients within about five years of treatment initiation. The term off-periods refers to the return of a patient's Parkinson's disease symptoms, even if the patient has been compliant with their medications. Or off-periods can occur when oral levodopa does not take effect as expected. On periods, in contrast, are when a patient's symptoms are well controlled. Off periods uh, are referred to uh, in the literature by a variety of other names, uh, including return of symptoms, wearing off, off episodes, off time, delayed on, dose failure, motor fluctuations, uh, or yo-yoing, among other terms. Since some types of GI dysfunction can contribute to the development of off periods, it's important for physicians to recognize these GI issues and their potential implications. Delayed gastric emptying is highly prevalent in patients with Parkinson's disease, and it is particularly important because it's a factor that can cause unpredictable and ineffective responses to a patient's normal oral carbidopa levodopa regimen. This variability in response to oral levodopa can manifest as off periods. A cross-sectional study of 80 patients with mild to moderate Parkinson's disease found that 88% had delayed gastric emptying of solids and 38% had delayed gastric emptying of liquids. In contrast though, only 35% of patients reported one or more upper GI symptoms, which should tell us that uh, people can have impaired gastric emptying without experiencing symptoms. Delayed gastric emptying can delay the absorption of oral levodopa, which needs to pass through the stomach to reach the proximal small intestine where it is absorbed. Thus, even though patients may have no symptoms of impaired gastric emptying, the delayed gastric emptying can result in unpredictable uh, and inadequate absorption of levodopa and therefore lead to off periods. Another factor that uh, has been recognized for a long time is that oral levodopa absorption in the small intestine is by an active, saturable carrier system for large, neutral amino acids. So meals with high protein content can negatively impact levodopa absorption.
0: That is a very good overview of how delayed gastric emptying can contribute to variability in response to oral levodopa and off periods. I know that delayed gastric emptying can be a real problem for many patients. I also want to ask you about the microbiome. Can you tell us a little bit about how the microbiota can affect patients with Parkinson's disease?
1: Several studies have suggested that Helicobacter pylori infections may be prevalent in patients with Parkinson's disease. H. pylori may exacerbate Parkinson's symptoms and act as a potentiator of the disease. Epidemiological studies have shown a 1.5 to 2.0 fold increase in the risk of H. pylori infection in Parkinson's disease patients. And meta-analyses have shown that patients infected with H. pylori have significantly worse UPDRS motor scores than those who are not infected. Exactly what the association between H. pylori and Parkinson's disease is, is not well understood uh, and remains controversial. H. pylori may produce bacterial factors that are CNS toxic or it may trigger inflammatory responses in the stomach or cause dysregulation of the gut microbiota. SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth also is significant in the Parkinson's disease population and has been reported in 25 to 54% of patients with Parkinson's disease. In SIBO, there is an excessive number of bacteria in the small intestine. The microbiome itself may also be unusual, leading to fat malabsorption, flatulence, bloating, and constipation. A firm connection between SIBO and off periods has not been established, although various publications have described relationships with off symptoms. Another factor is that some bacteria, such as Endrococcus faecalis, and Egerthella lenta, found in the gut microbiota, metabolize levodopa, as has been discovered by in vitro experiments. These bacteria, by breaking down levodopa, may reduce the bioavailability of oral levodopa. Variability in these microbial activities may also be contributors to the diversity of responsiveness to oral levodopa. Carbidopa does not inhibit the bacterial decarboxylase found in these bacteria.
2: Embresia levodopa inhalation powder is indicated for intermittent treatment of off-episodes in patients with Parkinson's disease treated with carbidopa levodopa. The effect of embresia on non-motor symptoms has not been evaluated. Embresia is an inhaled prescription levodopa medication that contains 42 milligrams of levodopa in each capsule. Embresia is contraindicated in patients who are taking or who have recently taken, within two weeks, non-selective monoamine oxidase MAO inhibitors, for example, phenelzine and tranylcypromine, due to risk of hypertension. Discontinue use of non-selective MAO inhibitors at least two weeks prior to initiating embresia. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information later in the podcast.
0: And how would you address impaired oral levodopa absorption and the return of symptoms?
2: Patients may improve oral levodopa
1: absorption by modifying their dietary intake. Consumption of protein-rich meals may interfere with levodopa absorption and contribute to off periods. Patients may benefit, therefore, by scheduling oral medications separate from mealtimes, say, by 30 to 60 minutes. Given the challenges of levodopa absorption and its potential contributions to causing off periods, one could also use a strategy to treat off periods that bypasses the GI tract itself. Non-oral therapies or other treatments that bypass the GI tract may effectively treat returning symptoms. For example, imbrijia is an inhaled levodopa powder that is absorbed via the pulmonary system. Levodopa inhalation bypasses the GI tract and was shown in a pharmacokinetic study of 23 patients with Parkinson's disease who were fed a meal high in protein and fat to increase levodopa plasma levels faster and more consistently than oral carbidopa levodopa. Inbresia is an as needed adjunctive therapy to treat off periods in Parkinson's disease patients taking oral carbidopa levodopa. This gives patients the option to treat off periods on demand when symptoms start to return. The indicated dose for imbresia is two orally-inhaled capsules per off period, used as needed to treat up to five off periods per day.
2: Please listen to this additional important safety information. Patients treated with levodopa, the active ingredient in imbresia, have reported falling asleep during activities of daily living, including operation of motor vehicles, which sometimes resulted in accidents. Many patients reported somnolence, but some reported no warning signs or sleep attack. This may occur more than a year after initiating treatment. Reassess patients for drowsiness or sleepiness, including occurrence during specific activities. Advise patients of potential for drowsiness and ask about factors that may increase this risk. For example, sedating medications or sleep disorders. Consider discontinuing embrisia in patients who report significant daytime sleepiness or falling asleep during activities that require active participation. If continuing brescia advise patients not to drive and to avoid activities that may result in harm. There's insufficient information that dose reduction will eliminate episodes of falling asleep during activities of daily living. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information later in the podcast.
0: This has been a very insightful conversation and we've discussed a lot of detail in regards to GI dysfunction. What are some of the key takeaways regarding GI dysfunction?
1: I think there are a number uh, of things I would mention. Uh, First of all, GI dysfunction is common in patients with Parkinson's disease, and some GI dysfunction may precede the onset of motor Parkinson's disease symptoms by up to 20 years. There's increasing interest in the role of gut microbiota in the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease. However, a causal link between dysbiotic microbiota and the development of Parkinson's disease has not yet been established. Questions remain. Are they a trigger for Parkinson's disease or are they a consequence of it? Individual differences in patients' microbiomes may help account for the variability of effectiveness of oral levodopa in the development of off symptoms between patients. Delayed gastric emptying is highly prevalent in patients with Parkinson's disease and can delay absorption of levodopa and cause unpredictable and ineffective responses to a patient's normal oral levodopa regimen. This variability in response to oral levodopa may result in the return of symptoms of Parkinson's disease, that is, the appearance of off periods. Dietary intervention may be useful to try and decrease the variability of oral levodopa absorption but therapies that bypass the GI tract, such as imbresia, may also be useful in treating off periods.
0: Thank you again, Dr. Pfeiffer, for this overview of GI dysfunction and Parkinson's disease.
2: Please listen to this additional important safety information. Neuroleptic malignant syndrome-like symptoms, for example, elevated temperature, muscular rigidity, altered consciousness, and autonomic instability have been reported with rapid dose reduction, withdrawal of, or changes in dopaminergic therapy. Hallucinations with or without confusion, insomnia, and excessive dreaming may occur and may respond to reducing levodopa therapy. Abnormal thinking and behavior may present with paranoid ideation, delusions, hallucinations, confusion, psychotic-like behavior, disorientation, aggressive behavior, agitation, and delirium. Imbresia should ordinarily not be used in patients with major psychotic disorder due to risk of exacerbating psychosis. Dopamine antagonists used to treat psychosis may exacerbate symptoms of Parkinson's disease and may decrease imbresia efficacy. Patients on medications that increase central dopaminergic tone, such as ambrosia, can experience intense urges to gamble or spend money, increase sexual urges, binge eating, and or other intense urges and inability to control them. In some cases, these urges stopped with dose reduction or medication discontinuation. Since some patients may not recognize these behaviors as abnormal, ask patients or their caregivers about development of new or increased urges and consider stopping imbresia if this occurs. Imbresia may cause or exacerbate dyskinesias. If troublesome dyskinesias occur, consider stopping imbresia or adjusting other Parkinson's medications. Embresia is not recommended in patients with asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or other chronic underlying lung disease because of the risk of bronchospasm. Monitor patients with glaucoma for increased intraocular pressure. Abnormalities in laboratory tests may include elevations of liver function tests, for example, alkaline phosphatase AST, ALT, lactic dehydrogenase, and bilirubin, as well as blood urea, nitrogen, hemolytic anemia, and positive direct antibody tests. Increased levels of catecholamines and their metabolites in plasma and urine may result in false positive results suggesting pheochromocytoma. The most common adverse reactions that occurred at an incidence of at least 5% and greater than placebo were cough 15% versus 2%, Upper respiratory tract infection, 6% versus 3%. Nausea, 5% versus 3%. And sputum discolored, 5% versus 0%. Use of selective MAOB inhibitors with ambrosia may be associated with orthostatic hypotension. Monitor patients taking these drugs concurrently. Isoniazid and dopamine D2 receptor antagonists, for example, phenothiazines, butyrophenones, Risperidone and metoclopramide may reduce levodopa efficacy. Monitor for worsening symptoms. Iron salts or multivitamins with iron salts may reduce levodopa bioavailability. Embresia should be used during pregnancy or nursing only if potential benefit justifies potential risk. There are no adequate data on embresia in pregnant women or breastfed infants. Animal data shows carbidopa levodopa is developmentally toxic, including teratogenicity. Levodopa may affect milk production interfering with lactation. Levodopa has been detected in human milk. Safety and effectiveness in pediatric patients have not been established. 56 geriatric patients experience more of the following adverse reactions than 58 patients younger than 65. Cough, 25% versus 5%. Upper respiratory tract infection, 11% versus 2%. Nausea, 7% versus 3% vomiting 4% versus 2%, pain in extremities 4% versus 0%, and discolored nasal discharge 4% versus 0%. Please refer to the full prescribing information, including the instructions for use, available at imbresiafullpi.com. There are additional resources at imbresia-hcp.com. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Pfeiffer, and for giving
0: us your insight on GI dysfunction and Parkinson's disease. Thank
1: you very much for asking me to be here.
2: Accord of Therapeutics the stylized Accord of Therapeutics logo and Embria are all trademarks of Accord of Therapeutics Incorporated copyright 2020 Accord of Therapeutics Incorporated all rights reserved